So here we are in our, our seventh week of this uh, series that we're doing on the parables. And we've looked at a lot of things. And, and last week we looked at the prodigal son and how at some point in our life there is a call, an awakening on our life, and a call to action. And that's what we're going to pick up this week is we're going to look at how we are all called to do something. To do something uh, that will invest and grow the kingdom of God. Uh, today's scripture will be found in Matthew 25, back Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30, and it is on page 807 in your pew Bible. 807 in your pew Bible, Matthew 25, starting with verse 14. I do invite you to stand, if you can, in honor of the reading of the gospel this morning. Jesus is speaking, for it is a, as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to their ability. Then he went away. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with, him, with them and made five more. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you have handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things and enter into the joy of your master. And the one who with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I do not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This sounds like a pretty harsh uh, parable. And there are three things that I want to look at today that I think we can take from this and still apply to our daily lives. The first thing is that we all have talents that we have been entrusted with. The second thing is your life, your talents, and your gifts are not about you. The third and final thing that we'll look at today is that we are all called to do something. We are all called to work. So the first thing, the Master entrusted all of us with the gift of talent. Which that may not make a lot of sense until we look at what does it really truly mean to entrust something. To entrust means to assign the responsibility for doing something to someone or put something in someone's care or protection. 
It is not giving, it is entrusting. Giving is something that is regular and often expected. Sometimes when something is given, the possession changes hands and becomes the recipient's. So to put this kind of in an illustration this morning, all across our district, but especially right across our, our street here, parents this week entrusted their child's safety to Welford Elementary. They didn't give up their child. They entrusted something precious to them. When I go out to lunch, I don't entrust my money with the restaurant. I give them my money. And I think that can be lost. We, these slaves have been entrusted with something that already belonged to the master. He gave them his own property. We each have been entrusted with something. But we've been entrusted with something different. See, it said that they were entrusted according to their ability. Which really sounds harsh. And what in the world could Jesus be saying? But is it not really a sign of grace? That our God, our Master, would not give us more than we are capable of handling? He would not give us more responsibility or give us more gifts or talents than we are capable with. Because He loves us enough that He does not want to set us up for failure. And just like in this parable, the, our Master has left for a long time. But He's also coming back. And when he's come back from his journey at a time that he sees fit, we're all going to be held responsible. We're all going to be called to show what we have done with what he entrusted to us. When that judgment happens, we will have to stand before the master. Say, here's what you entrusted to me. And here's what I've done with it. Some of us will show a return. Some of us may not. The second thing that I want to look at today is that your life and your talents and your gifts aren't about you. And again, that sounds pretty harsh, but I once read that if our lives were about us, the moment we accepted salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, we would have been called up to heaven. But we weren't. We were left here to use what had been entrusted to us to share with other people. See, this is kind of the difference this week, and I found this. It says, are you living your life just trying to survive and make it to heaven? Or are you living your life using what has been entrusted to you to take as many people to heaven with you as you can? There's a big difference. And it's not that the, if your goal is to, to get through life and get to heaven, that's a great goal. It's not what we've been called to do. We've been called to use what is entrusted to us so that we can make a difference in the lives of the people around us and take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. I once worked with a man um, who was given a huge reward for his hard work and his dedication to his job. And uh, they asked him, said, why do you show so much pride in your work? And he said, because I don't work for the boss. I don't work for the company. They were confused. Well, you, well, yeah, you do. You work for... No, he said, I show up every day and I work for Jesus Christ. The man was a custodian. Something that we might see lowly in our society, but he didn't see it that way. God had entrusted him with, with, with sharing his love and he had an avenue to do it and he did it with children and teachers each and every day he stepped foot to clean that school. And he still does. He still does. 
This man knew that what was entrusted to him was special. It wasn't something to be taken lightly. And there is no doubt that this man has impacted other people's lives for Jesus. The gifts that you have aren't yours. But see, the Scripture tells us today that the, the Master gave and entrusted His own property. So it can't be yours to start with because it originally belonged to the Master. But if we don't use what has been entrusted to us, we see in verse 28 that it will be taken away from us. If we do not use the blessings that Christ has given us to point people back to Him, we should not be shocked that He takes the blessings away from us. It's very clear in Scripture. The last thing that I want to really look at and kind of focus on today, that we're all called to do something. Now I want to preface this part by saying I know how many people are doing things in and around this church. And it's very humbling and I'm very thankful for that. So this is not pointing out what we're not doing. This is pointing out what we've been entrusted with. See, there's two types of slaves in this story. There's the first that showed a return on what had been entrusted. And then there's the one that buried the gift in the ground. You know, a talent, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, a talent is, is 15 to 20 years worth of common wage. These were no small gifts. This man took 15 to 20 years worth of money and he buried it in the ground because he was afraid he'd mess up. And I think oftentimes that's what happens. We let fear get into our lives and, and we fear that we're not good enough. We fear what other people at work or at our families may think. And we fear that, that stepping out and, and living our lives for Jesus Christ is going to be hard. And it is. But I have no doubt that, that all three of these slaves encountered fear at some point in their life. Those that showed a return saw the fear and used it as a motivation because they knew how special the master's property was. And they overcame that fear and they took risk and they took chances and they faced adversity and people said things about them and they overcame hard times and they showed a return on the master's property. The third slave, the one that, that doesn't, he let his fear overtake him. And there he stands in judgment in front of the master. And he says, I was afraid. I was afraid. Now I want to be real clear. Living and working and following Jesus is never promised that it's going to be easy. Too many times and, and, and too many people now will tell you, yeah, follow Jesus and your life is, is going to be wonderful and easy. And that is incorrect. If you ever want to know what following Jesus is really like, look at what happens to the disciples. We're not called to an easy life. We're called... To trust that Jesus will keep His word, that He will never leave us or forsake us. So when times get tough, He will be there. The Holy Spirit will help guide us through that. So what's the biggest difference between the two that showed a return and the one that didn't? I think the biggest difference is the first two knew their master on a different level. They didn't just like their master. They didn't just love their master they were in love with their master 
And I think that's what makes a difference in our lives. When we talk about following Christ, too many times we say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, I follow Christ. But then our actions are actions of people who are afraid. Because we don't want to mess up. I read a story one time about a missionary. And it was his first day there. and um, He had flown in jet lag and he was tired and exhausted. But he was approached by a young boy asking what he was doing there. So this missionary, he, he had waited this whole month. He was going to get to share the gospel with this young man. And he shared the gospel and the young man left and he goes, man, I, re- I really messed that up. I, I didn't even say the right things and I, I forgot about this part and, and this, that, and the other. And, and he keeps telling his friends, well, two days later, as they're coming through that village, they look and that same little boy is telling that same messed up story about Jesus to 10 and 12 peers his age. See, when we think we mess up, God can take those broken pieces and put them together. And and this man's messed up story of Jesus made it all the way through the village to all the young kids there. Just because he knew that he was called to be faithful with what had been given to him. It doesn't matter how big or how small your gift is, you can be used not just for the kingdom, but in this church. Some of us are given the gift to sing. Some of us are given the gift to speak or to teach Sunday school. And that's the gift we've been given. But some of us aren't. Some of us, maybe we, our gift is that we are going to serve on a committee so that we can help plan and prepare our church. Maybe you have administrative gifts. And you can use those at your job, or, and then you can use them at your job and come and use them to God's glory. Maybe you're good with your hands and you can build stuff and you never know when a small project can make a huge difference in the life of this church. Maybe you can't do, well, Pastor, you don't understand. It's hard for me to get out of the house. Maybe your gift is prayer. And you cover and you bathe this church and these people and this community with prayer each and every day. Maybe it's you write cards to somebody just to say, you know what, I'm praying for you and I want to give you a, just, a, just a small word of encouragement. Maybe it's working in the yard. If you like working in the flower bed and you don't think that can be used to God's glory, come on up here and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get our hands dirty and we'll let you work in the flower beds up here. Every single thing, every single person can use their gift to glorify God. Call someone, encourage them. You see somebody at the store, you pick up your phone and call them and say, you know, I've I've missed you, I haven't seen you in a while, why don't you come to church? Hey, yeah, you know, I know you're going through a hard time. Can I stop by and see you just for five minutes? Little efforts on our part can make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. Everyone has something they can do. John Wesley's famous quote sums this up, and I, I really like this, and he says, do all the good you can. By all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. And that's what we're called to do. We're called in each and every circumstance in our life to use what has been entrusted to us for God's glory. We can never do enough to earn our way into heaven. But we will face judgment 
where the master will want to know what we have done as individuals and as a body of Christ here at Emmanuel with what he entrusted to us. Too many times as Christians, we come in and we, we sit in the pews and we listen and we sing and we go home and we say our prayers at supper time and at bedtime and, and we talk about, well, the world needs this and the world needs Jesus and we absolutely, if we're going to be honest, do nothing about it. That is why our country is the way that it is, is because Christians have let society take over and we will not do what we've been called to do. This week as I was... Thank goodness nobody snuck in because I was singing in my office and I can't do that. But this song came on and it's called Do Something by Matthew West. And I just want to read a part of it to you. It says, I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now. Thought, how do we ever get so far down? How's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't, couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty. Children being sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven and I said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when? Will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. I'm so tired of talking about how we are God's hand and feet, but it's easier to say than to be. Live like angels of apathy who tell ourselves it's all right, somebody else will do something. And this is the part that hits me, and this is the part that I hope sticks with you when you leave today, church. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of a life with no desire. I don't want a flame. I want a fire. I want to be the one who stands up and says, I'm going to do something. That's what we've been called to do. My prayer this week is that as individuals and as a body of Christ here, that we will know what has been entrusted to us. And that we will be the ones who will say, I don't want a simple flame. I want a fire. I want to be the one that stands up and do something. This church has the capability of setting this whole community on fire for Jesus Christ. The question is, are we going to hide and do nothing because we are afraid? Or are we going to take our call on our lives seriously and trust and obey our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn is Trust and Obey, 467. The altar is open.